The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover! Step back! Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen right here on 960theref.com. It is episode 117 of the Crossover Podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville and also in Five Points in Athens, but it is episode one for 2020. Dave, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Chris. And uh, it is me, Chris, from the home team and Dave from the morning show, and you mix that up and that's where you get the Crossover Podcast as we are, uh, it's January 2nd. So we were up late watching the Sugar Bowl, which ended better for Georgia than last year's uh, did. Much and, better. Uh, so we'll talk about that and uh, take a look ahead to next season for Georgia already because that's what we're always doing. <laughs> uh, looking forward to that. Maybe mix in some NFL playoffs. I th- like We recorded this a week ago on a Thursday, and so the very next day was when the Falcons announced that they would be punting on 2020 by retaining uh, Dan Quinn. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we can we can throw a mention of that in there, too. Yeah, that's we right. Didn't, we didn't talk about that last week. Yeah, we didn't get around to. Uh, I guess it, when we recorded last week, we were probably speculating as to what the Falcons would do. And then Arthur Blank just woke up the next day and went, I'm keeping them all. Didn't I ask you on the podcast what coach would be your number one choice and you said Lincoln Riley? Yeah. Was that last week? Probably. Or a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. If he's realistic, I don't yeah. know that he'd be realistic. Well, you know, I don't know if you saw it, but the news broke yesterday that Brock Vandegrift has decommitted from Oklahoma. Does that some kind of a domino effect with Lincoln Riley? Or maybe it's something that doesn't have anything to do with that. If now, if, if people on the inside are finding out that maybe Dallas is going to hire Lincoln Riley, if. That job comes open, which technically it's not, but it sounds like it's going to be. Yeah, like they continue meeting. I keep yeah. reading like uh, Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett keep meeting. If they're meeting to to set him up with some job in the organization, it just – I heard Ed Werder on ESPN radio say he is not coming back as the head coach. Yeah, and but, like the whole staff would is – I yeah, mean, obviously yeah. they'd all get fired. Right, but. so I don't know if – People know something that we don't know or whatever. But yeah. It sounds like there's things going on. But that was interesting, the timing yesterday for Brock Grand- Vandegrift's announcement. I don't like the – that's the thing with the NFL. And I even so, – so Mike McCarthy still gets interviews and stuff. And yeah. he'll probably end up getting a job. And, like, let's be honest, that's probably who the Falcons would have ended up hiring. So would you rather just keep Dan Quinn because the players like him and you're not going through a transition if all you're going to do is hire Mike McCarthy anyway I'd probably answer yes to that but um well if they keep if they continue the path they're going they won the last three last year they won the last four this year so maybe they'll win the last five next year and they won't have a horrible first half of the season and they'll get back in the playoffs yeah so they've they've gone they started one and four one and seven yeah and they keep finishing strong so and they don't need to start one and ten no but they, they're not carrying any of that momentum into the next year <laughs> <laughs> and they're also just giving themselves a worse draft pick and also by beating the bucks the other day they ended up finishing in second place so next year they're gonna have to play seattle and dallas Instead of they would have yeah. been able to play like the Redskins or the uh, or the Rams. Yeah, I mean the Rams. Either way, I guess that kind of cancels out. But you basically get the you you miss getting to play the Redskins. Yeah, because Dallas, as much of a train wreck as they are, yeah. they were they're way better than their record. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Like they have a top ten offense and a top ten defense, but they're just 
So the two Cowboys. teams that, honestly, I, with, and you've brought this up before, with the way the NFL you know, sets things up, once you're eliminated from the playoffs, what, what are the nuggets that you're playing for? Draft position and an easier schedule. So literally, the Falcons and Bucks should have walked to, you know, to the middle of the field at 1 o'clock on Sunday and just basically flipped a coin, and whoever lost the coin flip loses the game. Yeah. Just I mean, both. That, and, and not play, not risk anybody getting hurt. Because there's literally the Falcons lost by winning that game. Yes. And Jameis Winston, he Winstoned. He did his there thing. Was no, there's been no more perfect an ending to a season than a guy throwing a pick six to get to 30. To get to the 30-30 club. Yeah, which has never been done. Which has never been done, and he does it on a pick six in overtime to lose the game. Yeah, but like you scream, but Deion Jones should have taken a knee. I know. Instead of scoring. Or, like just, or run the other direct. Like, could he? Oh, yeah, wrong way. Yeah, could he have gone the wrong way? I guess either way it would have still. I think that would have been the end of the game. Yeah, because the, the Falcons would have been a safety, and the Bucks would have won. Yeah, I don't. Would or the Falcons s- have gotten a possession still? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. How would that work? Because you have to. Yeah, that's a great. I don't know. You, yeah, where that have counted as? Hey, you, that's your possession. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah, if he had done that. Yeah, but it is like just a, to thumb your nose at the NFL. But because that's the the way it's set up, that's what you should be doing. But I mean, I get it. Those guys are all competitive. No yeah. one's going out there and trying to lose. I understand that. But you know, if you're like a Falcons fan, well, it's, I wouldn't be too fired up about the fact that the team closed with what four straight wins. And I know the team. I get it. The tanking part is what happens off the field, not on the field, but. Tampa missed what three field goals? Their kicker, yeah. There was some shenanigans going on. And the Falcons, three field goals and a pick six. Yeah, and the Falcons kept settling for field yeah, goals. Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. But um, anyway, so yeah, Atlanta's bringing yeah. Dan Quinn back, which we didn't get to last week because we had already recorded the podcast right. before they decided to do it. But we didn't mean to get started on the Falcons. We meant to get started on the dogs. Yeah, it was a good night. Uh, Tim yeah. Worley got to log off. Uh, right after the game, you don't have to stay up and write any uh, doomsday essays about the program. So it's just better to. About that. Yeah, remember that? Oh, that was yeah. where we were a uh, oh, gosh. a year ago. So I mean, it's, it's always better to win games than lose them. But to me, it's win or lose the Sugar Bowl now because of the system we're in is just it's meaningless. And I'm glad Georgia showed up and looked like they were more into playing. And I guess Kirby learned some lessons from last year. We're like, I'm only bringing guys that are going to play in the game. Everyone else is staying behind, so it looked like it paid off from that standpoint. But I don't know. I mean, to me, 2020 is all about what Jake Fromm decides to do, whether he yeah. leaves or whether he stays. That is the number one question, number two question, and number three question. What happens with Jake Fromm if he stays? I think that's fantastic for Georgia. If he leaves, best of luck to him. But the dogs have got to find a quarterback. Yeah. And I think it would probably be somebody from the grad transfer portal. Yeah, the big name that's out there now is KJ Costello yep. from uh, from Stanford, and the uh, Wake Forest quarterback is out there. That's now, right. Too. Yeah, he went in there also. So you would think that would be the case because yeah. hello Newman. Well, and when you think now, like the first month of the season that Georgia's going to have next year, where you're going to open with Virginia, and while you know Georgia still is way more talented than Virginia, but you know when you watch Virginia play with Bronco Mendenhall, I don't think they're just going to be a, a pushover or anything. And if you have to play them with a you know, some freshman quarterback or something, it's going to be scary. And then you got Alabama 12 days later and Auburn is early this season. Yeah. So, you know, if Fromm's not back, yeah, you'd probably rather have some guy with some experience quarterback in the first month of the season. Otherwise, it could be rough. 
By the way, consulting the Phil Steele, it doesn't look like Wake Forest and Virginia have played since 2016. So I don't know if Newman would bring in any special insights into the Virginia yeah. game if he were the Georgia quarterback. So that's that's good. Those two teams are in the same conference and will have played Virginia more than they have. <laughs> exactly. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Well, of course it was this year where North Carolina and Wake Forest had to play a non-conference game. And I think they've got they're doing that again next, next year, year also. Too. Yeah. 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 Unless I overlook Virginia. I, hey, I, I like that I though. I do too. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if Georgia and A and M did that. Or, uh, or Ole Miss, Miss or, or whatever. Yeah. Arkansas. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, bring the pit boss back to Athens. Yeah. We'll go up there and play him in Little Rock. He's coming in 21 anyway, yes. isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. But, yeah, I mean, why not? I wonder if the SEC – I wonder if that's been proposed to them and they've nixed it, you know, off – off the record, you well, know, or that'd behind be, the scenes. Yeah, that'd be one of those things that if teams decided like they were in favor of doing it, it'd be like, well, how about let's just play a nine-game conference schedule? Yeah, then? exactly. Yeah, exactly. No one wants to do that. But yeah, Jake Fromm and the uh, the quarterback situation is certainly uh, number one right now for the dogs. And we saw um, last night George Pickens. Oh my gosh! Yeah. If he's – here's the thing. It's like he had 12 catches, 11 in the first half. And then the one he had in the second half was that big one yep. where he broke about five tackles and yep. got a first down. Exactly, exactly. Where he rolled over the defender to yeah. get to the first down, yeah. Because they – you know, it was obvious that you know, they were double-teaming him after oh, sure. after about a 10 or 11 catches. They yeah, finally figured out. So I know, that was crazy. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, listen, Pickens, we are a five-star talent, and we saw glimpses of it all season long. But we just know the number one priority with Pickens is he's got to be able to like control his emotions and his temper. Sure. But I thought he, you know, last night in the post game was the first time we've heard him talk all year. I thought he was he he did very well. Yeah, I think he, he didn't look he didn't he wasn't he didn't seem like a true freshman up there. Yeah, on the on the stage talking to Holly Rowe. Well, I like the. Um, you know, the stories in the aftermath of the incident at Tech where he stood up in front of the team yeah. and owned it and, yeah, you know, he ended up costing him the first half of the SEC championship game. But maybe yeah. that'll be, you know, in the end, it'll be a good lesson learned for him because George is going to need him on the field, obviously. But it's funny when you see, like, on Twitter, Terrence Edwards and other guys like, this guy's a baller. You know, they're like, those guys would know. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. we can watch and see and draw our own opinions, but – when people that know a lot more about it than we do say the same thing, that kind of tells you something. Well, remember from uh, from summer camp last year, the mm-hmm. you know that, that one catch. that catch he made, yeah, yeah, that that open. I guess it was an open practice to yeah. donors or whatever, but the McGill Society, yeah, saw it. But it, I don't think anyone was, you know, I don't think anyone within the ranks at Georgia was mad that that video started making the rounds. You know, no, I didn't so. hear anybody complaining about that yeah so i mean from that moment you know we we all knew that that potential was there and then we you know when you watched him this season to me like every time he caught a pass or a ball was thrown to him it it felt like he was he was engaging in some chirping and it just was like he was always well that's what receivers and defensive backs do yeah they're the loudest talkers yeah but he's always like walking that line of unsportsmanlike conduct penalties so hopefully that can get reined in a little bit and georgia's got a they got a, uh, a definitely a star on the uh in that receiving core which is the big thing from this season there we didn't really have yeah. any. how about the talent that georgia's rolling out there 
it hit me last night about the first or second quarter when it was like, my goodness, this is incredible. Because Georgia was up, what, 19 to nothing at halftime or whatever it was. And it was like, Georgia's down like 15 players. And they're making a, you know, a good, not a great Baylor team, a very good Baylor team look very marginal. Yeah, in that first half, they would have had like 50 yards of offense. It was a little more than that. I think they had – it was less than 100, but they had seven possessions with six punts and a, and a pick. Yeah. And that was and Georgia was six first downs. Georgia was playing without the, the two of the – well, two of the three guys that were all Americans because yeah. Hot Rod did play last right, night. He did but play. no Thomas and no Reed. Yeah, and, and I mean, just the, the amount of talent that – Georgia was just running out there last night. It was just it was crazy. And I'll say this for the offensive line too: those five guys played every snap. Georgia did not have a uh, substitute on the offensive line. So, and I know there were some moments. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but I thought they did a great job last night. Yeah, you had you know, there were a couple times Mays got beaten. He didn't right. have a, a strong game, but that was his. No, he's the left tackle next year, and that was his first chance to really be the left tackle. So he's yeah. definitely got some growing to do in the position. I guess that late in the game when Georgia was trying to salt it away, Zamir picked up a first down, and Erickson got called got for a called. hold. Yeah, and uh, Herbie, uh, Kirby's comments made it all on the air. Did you? He was getting he was fussing at Erickson, and a f bomb got dropped. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't catch that. That was funny. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, yeah, there were yeah, like I said, it wasn't perfect by any means, but. Those five guys, and I think they should definitely get props because you had Mays at left tackle. And let's see, at left guard, you had uh, Solomon Kinley. He may or may not be back next year. Yeah. You know, you had Hill at center, you had Erickson at right guard, and you had uh, at uh, right tackle, you had uh, Jamari Salyer. Yeah, because so, you were down, there were three, three of the starters. Yeah. So you had Kinley and Hill were the only two starters yeah. from the year. And and uh, I thought, like I said, it wasn't a perfect game, but all things considered, including a new position coach, they did a great job last night. In the end, it turned out to basically be the same game we had been watching all year. It was uh, low scoring. The The total was... Right on it. It had crept up like to, by, by kickoff to about 43, but it was, you know, it was like 41 the whole time, and it ends up at 40. 40. Thanks to a scoreless fourth quarter, of I, course. Exactly. That's how it always works. And then the... The number wasn't far off either. Well, no, actually, it, it it actually closed at three and a half. That thing crashed all the way to three at one point. Yeah, yeah. So it went back up to three and but a half. But George ended up covering all numbers. But I bet there were a lot of people out there needing. They were rooting for a backdoor Baylor touchdown because that would have been a middle. That, exactly. If they, exactly. you know, from the seven and a half to the three, three and a half. I think it did close at three and a half. But well, that the any hope of that pretty much ended. Well, I mean, Georgia could have been a part of it, too, when uh, Charlie Brewer got knocked out of the game by uh, Trayvon Walker. Yes. Although that uh, did give him 15 gave yards. Him 15 yards, but then the quarterback play dropped off after that. Pretty substantially, yeah, yeah. yes. You could see why. Uh, I mean, they've had Bohannon in, and then they brought Zeno in, like, almost immediately. Who, like, Zeno is the one that they 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 did the same thing in the Big 12 yeah. title game and Zeno was the one that eventually like led them into overtime. I don't know why they didn't put Zeno in. Yeah, I don't know. Immediately. I don't know enough about them and their personnel to to have a hot take on that. No. All all I know is that in that Big 12 title game, they're not the ones that took Brewer out of the game. It was uh the official that finally had to come over and say like you need to get out of the game. 
So the concussion protocol hasn't quite found Waco, Texas? Or how about Clemson? I mean, how about the, that T. Higgins sits out pretty much the entire first half with his helmet gone, you know, yeah. which is the classic, you have a concussion, you're not playing. Right, right. Second half, though, eh. Uh, we'll let him play. Yeah, we'll come back in now. That yeah. Clemson program is so dirty. That is pure good versus evil on January 13th with Ed Ogeron versus Dabo Sweeney. Well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was last year or two years ago when they had several players suspended? It was last, last year. Last year, yeah, with yeah. the, uh, was it the PEDs? Yeah, like steroids that Dabo that claimed is in hair care products. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, like Dexter Lawrence was one of them. He's bald. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't play in the game. I mean, he was out. He didn't play in the championship game, right? Or he, he wasn't in the playoff. I, I think he I, missed. He, did he miss both of I, them? Uh, I think he did but maybe at least the championship yeah i I know he missed at least one of them yeah but yeah so that was a position they could afford to lose a a yeah and then they had a couple of maybe i think o linemen a couple of other guys that were on it but that's just one two we're like all right it happened and then no no one no one thinks to ask any additional questions about that though yeah because Dabo's like he's the new bobby bowden he sure is yeah all shucks all shucks and so everybody's against us we're just little old us but he's good with the media so they like him so like even even that t higgins thing it was like, wait a second. This guy's just, he's out of the game. Yeah. Goes into the locker room at halftime, and now he's back in the game. And, like, no one, it didn't seem like even the during the broadcast, like, Fowler and Herbstreet even thought that was questionable. Like, what a m- miraculous recovery. Yeah. I mean, although there wasn't a whole, I don't know. When Ohio State kicked an extra point up 22 to 21. Yeah. There wasn't even a whole lot of questioning on that. And it's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Yeah. Or even when then he decided to punt from the Clemson 39-yard yeah. line. I know, needing, that grinds your gears. Yeah, they needed four yards, and yeah. I thought the better option would be to give it back to Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> who scored a touchdown in yeah. four plays. In four plays. Yeah. He did go 96 yards, or was it 94 yards? It was a long way, but yeah, I yeah, but like the your your choices are this. You can attempt to pick up four yards or volunteer to give the ball back to the future number one pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, yeah. That's and you've got, by the way, do. a guy that'll be the second quarterback taken next year in fields. Yeah. So you've got him and you need four yards or you can give it back to Lawrence. I know which I would choose. Yeah. The big question is, which draft will Jake Fromm be in? The 2020 draft or the 2021 draft? All right, let's let's take a catch our breath for a moment and then we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll evaluate that. Because some of it has to do with, you know, I know where everyone's paying attention to mock drafts and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So, but he knows. He's gotten his draft grade back. He knows. He knows that it's either you're told you're either a first-round pick, a second-round pick, or you should Or you should back go back, school. yeah. That doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. That's just what they're told. Yeah, right, and he knows. Yeah, He's gotten his uh, feedback yeah. already. It's the Crossover Podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen, our uh, 117th episode, but our first in 2020. Happy New Year, and as always, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. You get us that way, or you can listen anytime on demand at 960theref.com or download the uh, – 960 the ref app if you haven't done that yet make that your new year's resolution you get uh all our on-demand content with just a tap of the app you can also listen to 960 the ref live wherever you are and stream all georgia sporting events within a 75 mile radius of athens so that even means even if you're over in capital city for the day that's right and you know the dogs are hooping it up or something you can 
You can listen on the 960 The Ref app. Yes, you can. All right, the crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Athens and uh, Watkinsville. Here on 960theref.com and the 960theref app. True Italian food has returned to Five Points and brought some friends along because Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen is now open in Five Points, Athens. At the new Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen, you'll find all your Italian favorites from pizza to calzones and baked ziti, along with sandwiches, salads, wings, and more, plus a full bar for beer, wine, and cocktails. It's time to eat at the now open Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen at Five Points in Athens and also also in the Manders Crossing Shopping Center off Mars Hill Road in Watkinsville. All right, episode one in 2020 and episode 117 overall, the crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville and also now the uh, still mostly new uh, version of it in Five Points in the old Waffle House location because it opened up, what, uh, right at the end of summer, just in time for football season. It's right? awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. So... You know, and it's got the the charm of being in that old Waffle House. I love it. Building in a love it. good spot there in uh, in Five Points. So we've talked about the Sugar Bowl and better outcome for Georgia to be sure. But what does it mean for 2020? To me, nothing. Just like last year's loss meant nothing for this season, because Texas, it, as it turned out, was not back and Georgia was fine. Yeah, it is funny how last year Texas wins the Sugar Bowl, and it's doom and gloom for Georgia, and it's nothing but um, you know you know wine and roses for texas and they go seven and five and georgia goes 11 and one yeah herman is one of those rah-rah coaches yeah and they did it again this bowl they did it again in similar opponent yeah one that had basically lost everything in their conference championship game and then just was completely flat the only difference was texas wasn't coming off uh, a championship game loss yeah you know they were just but other than that yeah it was the same thing although the pac-12 how does utah lose the Pac-12 championship and then go to the Alamo Bowl. Do they not have a better situation than that? They could have done better for them there. Like Like, the Holiday Bowl to me would have even been better. I thought that used to be a big bowl or even to me that Vegas Bowl. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just coming our way. Yeah, well, SEC will be in it next year. Way, yeah. yeah, but that in that new Raiders stadium. Yeah. They don't have to play in where UNLV yeah, plays. The next time Georgia misses a New Year's Six or a playoff, I just assume go to the Vegas Bowl. I, I'm all for going there next year, but other than the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm tired of the Sugar Bowl. That 845 <laughs> no, kickoff. Year, next year, it'll be a destination since it's part of the playoff. Next year, I wouldn't mind being yeah. in the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> yeah, <then>. next year, <laughs> I'm good with it. But the Rose and the Sugar have – they've clogged up the bowl season a little bit by them insisting that, you know, hey, we're the Rose, we're staying at 5, and we're the Sugar, we're staying at 845 on New Year's Day. And – if the playoffs going to you know not change that then we're going to have these kind of situations yeah like the sugar would be better off doing kind of like the orange bowl does where it's flexible maybe yeah i agree but they're they're locked in on new year's day and their time slot just like the rose bowl yeah because they follow they yeah. just basically they piggyback with yeah. the rose bowl exactly. like the rose bowl's got the best time slot it's the only game oh, five o'clock new yeah. year's day the only time it's not on new year's day is if new year's day is on a sunday yeah and then they'll play it on Monday the second. The second, yeah. but it's got uh, it's still five o'clock. It's got the best, yeah, that good kickoff time. But it it fudges up the the playoff when it doesn't like this year was just had a lot of weird stuff happen. So like what three or four or five years ago when they tried to make us watch the playoff on New Year's Eve, and that went horribly wrong. And I guess 
the uh, the playoff was going to be on New Year's Eve this year, so they moved it back to Saturday, but they couldn't move the championship date for whatever reason. So that's why it's, we've got this long gap. Yeah, because they did figure. I guess yeah. it, when New Year's Eve falls on a Saturday, the games will still will be on New yeah, Year's we, Eve. We, then. We, yeah. But basically, they've figured out like college football is a Saturday exactly. sport. We're going to play these games on Saturday, right? But then exactly. the championship game is on a Monday. Yes, <laughs> and they're not. They're just that. They're just afraid of the NFL. They just don't want to put it on a Saturday or Sunday yeah, to go up against the playoffs. The playoffs would be going. Yeah. yeah. So that's why it's on Monday. Yeah. So that's you know things that grind our gears. You know, football is a Saturday sport college football yeah but, but it may, that gonna, makes sense because it would it would get eaten alive by the nfl yeah, playoffs exactly even the bills and titans or what texans i'm sorry <laughs> but that's just <laughs> the, the, my favorite thing is the the 435 saturday oh, first yeah. game of the playoffs is it's the afc south champion against the wild card team that is a lock yeah. every year if it, i was gonna say if you had picked the four match if you had just looked at the four matchups this weekend you would have known which one's going at 435 on Saturday. Yeah, Texans and Bills. That was a lot. Yeah. I do like that they're doing AFC one day, NFC the next. Yeah. But then I think for the divisional round, they're back to one each. Crisscrossed or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do like ahead. that they're doing the uh, one conference one day and one the uh, the next. But all right, Jake Fromm. Yeah. Will he stay or uh, or will he go? That's the, the big question for Georgia for 2020 now to, uh, to me. And I... I think there's my, – my lean would be he's returning. But if you're setting, like, odds on it, I would yeah. probably say, like, 75 he comes back, 25 he goes. As a fan of Georgia, I hope he does come back. I don't really have a, a feel on this one. Well, I, he's, he's behind, obviously, Burrow. Yeah. He's uh, – I, t- I think, two is going back to Bama. He's announced yeah. that he's announcing on Monday. Yeah. They're already getting Dylan Moses back. Right. I'm th- I think two is coming back to Alabama. They've got unfinished business. I'm sure that's what they're being told. Yeah, and I also think two is Do you think he could get Saban to promise him that he won't put him in a horrible situation again like he did this year? I I yeah, I would think say So and that's like, like you the, said the other day, that horrible decision to have him out on the field and get hurt is actually going to bring him back for another year. Yeah. The, like one of the worst moves of Saban's <laughs> career is going to turn out to be one of the best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's crazy. I just, I don't know. What, I mean, what do you think? I think he's coming back. Do you I think? hope he does. Like I said, I just. Or if, I'm, I'm talking about Tua now. Oh, Tua. Oh, you're back to Tua. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. We're still on Tua. Yeah, I think he's coming back. Because he made that announcement. Like to announce that he's at when he's announcing to me is just sort of like, I'm going to announce that I'm coming back. I, I would think. Where he is in his recovery from his surgery, it, I just maybe they feel like they're he would be a little scared to put his name out there in the draft that it would, it would cost him, in this draft. But if he comes back and has a solid year, and by the way, he was the second best quarterback in the SEC this year by far. Oh yeah, even even getting hurt, I would think that next year would give him a chance to prove maybe a little bit more coming off the injury that he would be ready to go. Yeah. So that would be my lean on that. But even like next year, he's going to be – he'll be behind Lawrence, and I think he'll probably be behind Fields Yeah. just because of his injury history. So I don't know. I mean, there's enough dumb teams in the NFL. I wouldn't draft him high. And when the guy can't even throw until spring, you have right. no idea what – Yeah. Originally they said it was like the same injury Bo Jackson yeah. had. 
But so, there are enough yeah. dumb teams in the NFL that someone would take him, so maybe he does go. But I just I got a feeling he's coming back. Yeah. We'll be seeing him in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. But that would be like typical Tua, Tua comes back and Jake leaves. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. And then somehow the transfer portal doesn't work out for a grad transfer. And, you know, that's the thing. There, there, there would be talented quarterbacks here, but, you know, wouldn't have any experience. It'd be green. Yeah. It seems a little scary. It's really it's uh it's a huge thing hanging over Georgia right now. And I know Fromm had a lot of critics this season, but tr- if he ain't back next year, you you'll miss him. Definitely. <laughs> so definitely. You'll miss him when he's gone. All right. So let's see what else did we uh the SEC had a good run. Now Tennessee still play they play tonight. Yeah. So we don't have that result yet. Tennessee is going to be uh, this year's Texas. They're going to be the team that's getting all, a lot of like. So you like them taking Indiana out tonight? Probably, uh, and then they'll the end up. It's only like three. Yeah, then they'll end up getting. They'll be the team that's overly hyped during yeah. the season. They beat a bunch of corpses down the stretch, and yeah. uh, and they'll end up tanking. They go to Oklahoma week two next year. Like they're not winning there. Yeah, they also come to Athens next year. Yeah, they're not winning here, <laughs> right? Well, uh, well, we'll have to see if Fromm's yeah, back or we'll not. We'll see uh, what the the situation is here. But um, yeah, the SEC's having a, a good bowl season, and I know you know also coming up tonight. The dogs are expected to uh, land some five, some more five stars. The rumor is they already have, and yeah. they're just going to announce it tonight. But it could be one of these with Ringo and Washington and um, and Evans. Three five stars could be in the fold. This there's time a, there's a lot of like with that Zach Evans out of Texas, where he ended, he didn't even play in their they were in the state, state championship, championship game, game yeah. and. There's just a lot of like stuff you hear yeah. about him where yeah. you know, like yelling at coaches and things, but yeah. I know. <laughs> so he's a five star running back yeah, though. Exactly. You're not gonna turn him down, I exactly. guess. Although does that mean we're just gonna continue to establish the run? Like at this point I'm 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 no longer like that fired up about a slew of five star running backs. I want like elite quarterbacks and receivers. Well, you saw what happens when uh, you know you've got some personnel that can do some of the stuff you want to do on offense. We saw that with Pickens, very much so in the first half last night. Yeah, and you know, Zamir White looked pretty good. Hate that James Cook got hurt because we didn't. I thought he would have gotten a lot more touches than he did. Yeah, McIntosh had some nice yeah. runs though too. Yeah, yeah. So, so supposedly there's help on the way. That's what the recruiting experts tell us. So. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, Ringo and Washington were always kind of expected, but yeah. I guess Evans is one that's been hanging out there as yeah. more of an unknown. Exactly. And then there's the what's his name Braun, right? Josh Braun, the defensive tackle that com- committed to not Braun. He was the one that Jordan Birch. Jordan Birch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Braun was the Same offensive initials. lineman yeah. committed here. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Jordan Birch, who uh, committed to South Carolina and then never signed. And never signed, and now. Who knows? That's because those recruiting sites all had. I mean, there was no real strong consensus, but I think rivals had us as maybe the favorite, and then twenty four seven had LSU as the favorite. But it was just none of them had South Carolina really. <laughs> so, and the, the funny thing is, he could still end up signing with them. You know, it may end up they may end up getting him after all. Yeah. But or he couldn't end up not signing because he just doesn't have and, to. And honestly, but, he shouldn't sign. Yeah, he doesn't need to. But the fact that he hasn't means that all these other coaches are still going to be still applying going the after him. full yeah. court press. Yeah, it should be. 
Hey, right. speaking of signees, I did want to mention that uh, Georgia's big basketball signee, Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards, he'll be on the court Saturday against Memphis's big signee. Oh, wait a minute. He will, the Memphis's big signee will not be there. Yeah, their big signee is their coach, is, Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway, and he was pretty good. But, um, yeah, so that classic matchup of what could have been like two of the top three guys in the draft, or who knows, one and two, ain't happening. Yeah. Memphis is still good, though. Yeah, but I just somebody's going to be like uh, channel surfing on Saturday, and they're going <laughs> to land on CBS and wonder why that game is on CBS. And it's funny because that's part of the contract that CBS has with the SEC is televising, you know, a certain number of basketball games. Right. As well, generally they involve the Kentucky, Kentucky Wildcats. or Florida. So yeah, when you're banking on, you know, a couple of stud potential draft picks, and then one of them ain't there, then that's what you get. Because is that gonna? Because I was watching, um, you know, when that Peach Bowl turned into a route, I ended up watching the the Louisville Kentucky basketball game. Oh yeah, that was a good game, and that was Brad Nessler and Bill Raftery. Okay, are they going to be calling Georgia and Memphis? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, that, I don't know. Yeah. It'd be cool if Bill Raftery was on a Georgia call, awesome. though. Maybe they will, because still you do have the Ant Man. So what else is on Saturday? They don't have a football game to call, so it wouldn't be that. Yeah, there is a game though, but I don't remember which one. But it's uh, well, then the I guess that's the game that'll lead into the NFL game, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Obviously, it wouldn't doesn't involve CBS, but yeah, who knows? Maybe they are gonna call yeah. that game. Uh, Bill That'd Raftery cool. on a Georgia call that would be nice. That'd All right, be fantastic. We appreciate you checking us out as always. The crossover podcast. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe there. Listen anytime on demand at 960theref.com, or better yet, download the new 960theref app. For uh, Dave, I'm Chris, and we'll be back uh, next week with another exciting edition. The crossover podcast. Happy New Year, everyone! Here on 960theref.com and the 960theref app. You've been listening to The Crossover, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen on 960theref.com.